Welcome to the Proclaim and Defend podcast. I'm Don Johnson, and I'm here today to introduce an interview I did with Pastor Mike Riley, who offered us an article called Christian Ethics, Abortions, and Stem Cell Lines in our January-February issue of Frontline Magazine. Now, um, the issue is basically, or especially, on the ethics surrounding the development of the COVID vaccine, but it also applies to other uh, drugs and treatments that you might uh, be faced with in your own life at various points. So I think the information is very helpful. Uh, we are not trying to make the decision for you or tell you what you should do, but to provide information that will be helpful to you in making a wise and biblically, a biblically informed decision. I hope you enjoy the interview, and I hope that you, uh, as a result, subscribe to the magazine, either here on our Substack or on uh, or the print magazine itself. Uh, either way, we're glad to welcome you to the uh, subscribing fold and uh, give you all this kind of information going forward. So without any further ado, let's bring on uh, Pastor Mike Riley and uh, listen to what he has to say. All right, so uh, glad to have Mike Riley here with us. He's uh, another online friend. I've had another one in our interview series here, Ryan Martin. And... Uh, uh, Mike and I have actually met in person, so that is, uh, this is, we, we know what we, we each look like. So Mike, uh, I've, uh, your article is called uh, Christian Ethics, Abortions, and Stem Cell Lines. Uh, but before we get into that, maybe if you could give us a little bit of a biographical uh, sketch of yourself, how you've, what you've done with your life and how you've gotten to where you are today. Um, from, from, say, high school on, um... I, I'm from First Baptist of Troy. Uh, pastor Michael Harding will always be my pastor. Um, I suppose before that, I could say I, I didn't, uh, from birth, grow up in a Christian home. My mom was uh, raised Roman Catholic. And my dad had no religious upbringing. Um, but it was actually when I was in elementary school, um, I had a neighbor kid invite me to church, and I started uh, attending church with him. And about that time, my dad said uh, that uh, our family needed to be in church, and his only uh, criteria was it wasn't going to be a Catholic church. And so we started attending a, a free will Baptist church. It's there at a summer camp. I heard the gospel and trusted Christ. Um, and like I said, in, in ninth grade or so, our family uh, moved back up to Michigan. We lived in South Georgia for a bit. And uh, I started started at the Christian school there and uh, graduated from that Christian school, went to Bob Jones, got my BA in Bible from Bob Jones. Uh, came back up to the Detroit area, taught in the Christian school while doing my MDiv at Detroit Seminary, and then from there over to Westminster Theological Seminary for my doctoral work in apologetics. Um, after I completed that, I spent uh, four years or so out at International Baptist College in uh, now Chandler, Arizona, uh, teaching and doing administrative work in the college there. Um, spent a brief period of time at Central Seminary in the administration. Um, as Kevin Bowder and then Sam Horn's assistant as assistant to the president. And then now for 11 years, as of this month, I've been mm -hmm. the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in Wakefield, Michigan. We're at the very far west end of uh, Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Uh, I was preceded in the pastorate here by Kevin Bowder's father. Um, mm -hmm. And that's the connection. That's how I ended up here. And grateful to God for the ministry that he's he's given me here. All right. Well, very good. That's uh uh, it's interesting how our life journey takes us, and um, the 
Oh, I thought a brilliant question as you were saying that, but it doesn't matter. We Oh, the apologetics. So the apologetics uh, PhD, I sort of see that reflected in this work, in this article. So maybe uh, if you could just give us a bit of, um, uh, you know, the, the sketch of what the article's about, and then we can proceed from there. Yeah, certainly. I, I with with the apologetics uh, idea broadly, I, I I pursued it simply, honestly, because I finished my MDiv and I found apologetics fascinating, mm -hmm. and and I found it incredibly useful in ministry, not only in what we might think of ordinary uh, apologetic conversations when we're trying to convince a, an unbeliever that Christianity is true, but the reality is pastorally, we are often we have to, as we present the truth, consider what objections people might raise to the, that truth, right? What questions people would have, what uh, concerns they're going to have. And anticipating those and being ready with an answer for a defense, um, I, I think, is important. Um, on this article in particular, um, this is a, a, an article uh, chiefly about ethics. Um, I, I, I think it's important for me to acknowledge, and, 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 and I think this should come across in the um, paper as well, or in the article as well, I don't have medical expertise, right? Mm -hmm. I'm a doctor, but not that kind. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and so I, my knowledge of the specific medical issues uh, that are at stake here is secondhand. And, and I'm, I'm happy to acknowledge that. Um, the bigger and broader principles are questions of Christian ethics. And that's really what I wanted to focus on uh, in the in the article um, is obviously the the flashpoint issue of the last few years has been the COVID vaccine, and that mm -hmm. is relevant to the uh, the article that I wrote and the Christian debate over the COVID vaccine. But my article is not an article for or against specifically whether Christians ought to take the COVID vaccine. It's about the broader question of. Uh, Christians using medicines or vaccines or or um, whatever, however you want to frame it, um, that have a connection either in their development or their testing to uh, stem cells that were taken from aborted fetuses, aborted babies. Um, so what is what is uh, I think not in dispute by by really any side of the debate is that there is a, a significant amount of medical research that involves the use of stem cells that were taken from uh, aborted babies. Um, the most uh, significant, there, there are several. Uh, the most significant uh, uh, was from, I believe, the, the early 70s. Um, there is some uh, dispute, some cloudiness exactly as to whether this was an aborted uh, baby that the stem cell line came from. Um, but the practice of using tissue from aborted babies for research was so widespread that the doctor who initially conducted the research and who established the stem cell line simply assumed it was it was from an aborted baby, right? So, so that I think the ethical question remains simply because the origin is dubious, right? I, I think we mm -hmm. recognize, um, you know, I, I might have killed a guy or I might not have killed a guy. Well, you, you it, for an ethical. Uh, for as an ethical question, you you can't just be indifferent to that, right? You almost have to assume the worst as you're wrestling with the ethics of it, right? Um, when we talk about a stem cell line, and again, this isn't my uh, place of expertise, but I do think it is important for us to um, uh, note up front: the stem cell line involves the replication in a in a lab 
of already existing cells, right? Mm -hmm. So when we talk about uh, medical research or medical development done on aborted babies, um, it is not as though you need a continual supply of new aborted babies to conduct this research. Um, this, this cell line exists. It can be replicated in a lab. And, and the question for us ethically is, to what degree am I morally culpable if I benefit from something that as a Christian, I must, I must unequivocally say is a sin? right? The abortion that led to the development of the stem cell line. Um, we, we don't even want to open that up for a debate. That is sin. Mm -hmm. And so we've got this tissue that, that has its derivation, its or origination um, from this aborted baby. And uh, research is done and, and uh, medical development is done on the cells that were taken from this baby if I receive medical treatment that in any way touches on, uh, was advanced by the knowledge gained from that research, am I morally culpable from that benefit? And, and, and uh, what I want to stress and, and what I tried to argue in my paper is, I think that's a really hard question. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I, I don't think it's an obvious question because the, the extreme answers on either side are, I think, um, generally implausible. Um, if, if I say, well, I didn't kill the guy, but, but, you know, I, I think I used the example in the paper. Suppose I'm at a hospital for a heart trans transplant. And I know this is a very relevant issue uh, for you up in Canada, Don, mm -hmm. is the um, uh, massive growth of euthanasia in Canada, yes. right? Mm -hmm. and, and suppose I know that, you know, when they do heart transplants at this particular hospital, it's almost always taken from those who have been killed by euthanasia. That has mm -hmm. to affect my moral calculus in taking that heart. Right. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's different than a murder victim. If someone is actually just being killed to harvest organs, that has to affect my moral calculus. That the connection is direct. The less direct the connection, the more it seems plausible that while I'm, I must insist I am still, um, uh, opposed to the sin that may have benefited me my moral culpability in the sin decreases the more indirect my connection is to it. Um, I, again, I, I think I used the example in, in the paper. Um, there are those today, um, chiefly on the political left, that would want us to um, uh, look at the um, uh, past injustices, right? Whether mm -hmm. it re regards to Native Americans, whether, it re you know, uh, all sorts of issues, right? The appropriation of land from the Native Americans mm -hmm. um, or, 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 you know, let, making it less politically incendiary. Suppose I, I do family research and I find that up in my family tree, um, you know, some level of uh, financial benefit came because I, I had a relative that, that gained his fortune unethically. Mm -hmm. And that has given me a leg up on life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What? Yeah. It's, the, uh, yeah. Who doesn't have somebody like that in their family tree? I would. Yeah. And, and, and the question <laughs> is, right. So, so there are those who want to say that if I find, for instance, that the, the land my house sits on 
was uh, at some point gained unethically that I have moral culpability there. I need to repent for that. I, I have guilt. I have sin in benefiting from past sin. And, and, and fundamentally, I think we have to recognize that, that moral guilt uh, is, is not something that directly transfers like that, right? The soul mm -hmm. that sins shall die. Mm -hmm. um, that that the, the, the sons are not held guilty for the sins of the fathers. Mm -hmm. um, and so that idea, while at the same time acknowledging that, that some of these issues are difficult, right? That, mm -hmm. that there are greater and lesser degrees of, of moral culpability. Um, yes. and, and, and what we're trying to evaluate in this particular case is whether my taking a med medication, for instance, that is cultivated. So, so, um, using the COVID vaccine as a, um, a, as, a, as an illustration of this, of the vaccines that were popularly, um, used for COVID in America, um, the two that were the mRNA vaccines were tested on this stem cell line, uh, stem cell yeah. line. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, the one that wasn't the non, the, the more traditionally developed vaccine, the one that is actually cultivated using human cells, those human cells were from this aborted stem cell line. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, th there were those who were suspicious of the mRNA vaccines, um, that, uh, were more, uh, comfortable with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine because it's a more traditionally developed vaccine, but in some ways that implicates them uh, more directly, right? This vaccine mm -hmm. is actually grown in those stem cells. Yeah. Now the other two are tested on it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. D does that change the moral calculus at all? Yeah. Um. And 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 the problem that you uh, uh, run into, and then this kind of gets to the the second part of the article. The problem that you run into is the more you look into this, the more you realize how extensive this kind of testing on this aborted stem cell line is. Mm -hmm. um, that um, it, 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 it turns out, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, answer some objections that I've encountered after the fact to this. It <laughs> turns out, again, as best I can determine, um, that, that almost all medicines at some point in their um, uh, uh, laboratory existence uh, have have had tests run on this line of stem cells, right? Now, I I, I did encounter a, a pretty passionate and vociferous objection online uh, to the article that I wrote um, that claimed that the article I relied on for that claim that all these medicines are tested on uh, aborted stem cells has been debunked. Uh, debunked is is far too strong a word uh, mm -hmm. for that. When you when you look at the counterclaim, and I think this is important to make a distinction. So for those who are interested, we're going to go a little deep in the weeds here, but for those who are interested, I think this distinction matters. Um, suppose I develop a medicine and in the process of its development, in order to determine its efficacy, I test it on these aborted stem cell tissues. Um, that's a pretty direct connection. What this uh, um, person who objected to my uh, article claimed is you take something, for instance, like Tylenol, right? Mm -hmm. Tylenol has been tested on aborted uh, stem cell tissue. But the counterclaim is Tylenol was being used and being approved, uh, you, uh, had, had been approved by the government and being used long before it was ever tested on, on stem cells, right? Mm -hmm. okay. and, and so the, the <laughs> idea is if I've been taking Tylenol my whole life, and I think this is an important, um, again, kind of splitting hairs, but I think important splitting hairs. I've been taking Tylenol my whole life to uh, treat headaches. 
And then tomorrow, a scientist tests it on aborted stem cells. Mm -hmm. Does that paint now my future use of Tylenol? In other words, what he's wanting to say is there is a distinction between a drug that is tested on stem cells in its development in order to um, get it approved and a drug that later on, long after it's been approved and in common use, some scientist runs a test on it on stem cells, right? In terms of uh, my moral um, uh, culpability, the second case seems seems to be less. And that was his claim, in essence, that 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 first article had been debunked. Again, I'm not so sure that it's been debunked. And the reason I'd say that is this. Um, Yes, it may be that my use of Tylenol uh, is not as implicated in the um, use of aborted tissue if that test is done later. But the problem that I have, and, and this led to another analogy that I tried to use, is all of those tests that are done on medications that I do or don't even take add to the store of medical knowledge. And that medical knowledge is employed by people who develop new medicines, even if that medicine in and of itself isn't tested on on the aborted tissue. Yes. Right. Yeah. And and this is this is the the, the problem. The, the 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 parallel I tried to draw here, or the analogy that I tried to draw, is toward uh boycotts, right? Moral mm-hmm. or religious boycotts of of um corporations that um endorse values that are are corrosive to christianity and to to good and civil society um i think there is a um a a coherent moral argument for trying to avoid that but i think what most of us have recognized over the years is consistency in this matter is really hard yeah, right. If you say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna support a store that in you know, or a, a corporation that involves itself in this, just the the complexity and interwovenness of modern corporate life makes it virtually unavoidable. Unless I'm going to be a subsistence farmer, right? Yeah. And 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 even then, I, I I probably have to make my own tools. And I, and unless I'm going to be completely off the grid, my money is going to go somewhere that I don't like. Yeah. Um. And and. To, to tie this back to scripture here, one of the passages I think might be relevant is um, Jesus' admonition to render under Caesar what is Caesar's. Mm-hmm. Um, was the Roman government uh, unspotted morally in all of its use of tax dollars? No, I and, don't and the so. answer is emphatically <laughs> not, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's actually not a, a, I, I think that's actually a really important observation, though. Um, there, there is a sort of um, a pain of conscience I might have to think my tax dollars are being used for immoral purposes. Am I guilty? Am I committing sin in funding the immorality of the, the Roman government? And the answer, because Jesus tells us to render under Caesar what is Caesar's, the answer has to be emphatically, I am not morally culpable. Jesus would never command me to sin. Yeah, yeah. and speaking of moral governments, <laughs> we, uh, I, I, we, uh, we have the same problem today, right? Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and if someone in your church comes to you and says, Pastor, our government is involved in so much moral atrocity, I think it would be immoral for me to pay my taxes. Yeah. I, I have an answer for that biblically, right? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. my participation in this and doing my moral duty does not morally entangle me in all of the implications of 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 what i'm in i i might be involved in 
right? I, right. My, my conscience should be able to rest easy about that. It doesn't mean I don't care, but it does mean that I'm not morally chargeable in the eyes of God for those things. Right. Yeah, and, I think it, so comes, it, yeah. it comes down to who's acting, right? The, you know, uh, and, and sometimes like some of this stem cell stuff here, you're talking about things that are, you you mentioned the one strain came from 1970 or 72 or somewhere in there. Yeah, I believe so. The other one in the 80s. You know, that sin is, is almost, that is, uh, it, it's a self-contained sin. Once it's done, it's done. Now, was it right for them to harvest those cells? Maybe not. Uh, maybe if a mother, maybe a mother had a stillborn baby or something and, and offered that to medical research, that's a different story. Right. But, but, uh, but, uh, you know, but once it's done, it's done. And now we're developing a strain of, all right, you know, keeping this tissue alive. I don't know what they do. I, I can't imagine how they do that. But anyway, they, right. the, uh, uh, you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to just not use it? I had a friend uh, growing up, very fine Christian guy, uh, and he developed MS, I think it was. And but he was he he was a strong anti-abortion activist. And uh, he absolutely refused to use any kind of treatment that was developed by use of stem cells. And I think he eventually died. But, you know, I mean, it's sort of, um, you know, what there comes a point at which preserving life, well, okay, so the life has taken, but now we're preserving a life. So it's not yeah, that we're balancing that, out, but. That, that's exactly, and, and, th and this is really, um, I mean, if, if, if people take one thing away from the article, it's this. These are hard questions, and Christians of goodwill, I think, can differ in Christian conviction on this. Yeah. Um, that that if someone tells me, um, I as a matter of conscience, I cannot involve myself in this. Mm -hmm. I say, listen, I I get it. Like yeah. I I think that's a that's a defensible position, right? Mm -hmm. If someone else tells me, I think that the moral culpability of this is so uh, so many levels removed mm -hmm. that my participation in this does not morally implicate me. I think that's also a defensible position. Now, they can't both be right, but but the point is I think it's 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 a legitimately difficult question. Yeah. And 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 so when someone in the church says, "Pastor, I will not shop at whatever because they support X." Yeah. And you know, I could come back and say, "Well, but you know, as an alternative, you have to shop here and they they do the same thing." Yeah. I could say that. And and maybe there's a place for that discussion, but there's also a place for them to say, hey, listen, this is how I'm going to try to make my stand here. Mm -hmm. Now, that does raise, I think, that the, the second consideration of the, the, the column or the article, and, and this one I think is, is worth uh, its own ethical reflection, is the idea of filing a formal religious exemption on mm -hmm. this basis. Mm -hmm. and, and that for me is 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 this really the second issue that i i wanted to address there is um you know I, what, whatever we think of vaccine mandates whether those are governmental or employee based and mm -hmm. i've got my i've got my reservations about that for for a host of reasons right um filing a religious exemption is something that i think christians um should not ever do um haphazardly willy-nilly 
Um, and, and, and it was concerning to me. I'll give an illustration of this that has nothing to do with vaccines. Um, we, uh, uh, up until a couple of years ago, we had a state prison in our, our vicinity here. And I, I toured it one time. And one of the things I was told that I thought was interesting is, is this particular, we, so we are very remote here at this end mm-hmm. of Michigan. We're, we're basically, um, uh, as, as far to the periphery of Michigan as it's possible to go. And so mm-hmm. we have a number we had at the, when the prison still existed here, we had a number of prisoners from downstate who would resent having been uh, put in the prison up here. It made it difficult, obviously for family visits, all these other mm-hmm. things. And so prisoners would look for opportunities to be transferred out of the Marinesco prison to be transferred back downstate. And apparently one of the common ways of forcing that transfer is the Marinesco prison here locally um, uh, was not uh, equipped to um, serve a kosher diet. Uh, And so you would have prisoners convert to Judaism so that they could uh, file a religious exemption so that they would have to be transferred to another prison. Now, obviously we look at something like that and, and that uh, the, the disingenuousness of that should should strike us as, as a problem, right? It's right. Um, I think it is a bad business for the government to have to adjudicate the sincerity of religious claims. Yeah. Right. That's not a good thing. Like that's just across the board, a bad uh, scenario. My concern is when you file a religious exemption form, what you're saying is as a Christian, it is it is something I consider to be immoral as a Christian for me to um, uh, follow this uh, particular uh, mandate, this particular uh, dictate. And if you're going to do that, now you're not in a position of someone who says, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to shop at this store because I'm going to make the point here. And I know I'm inconsistent, but I think it's important for me to take a stand on this. Mm-hmm. When you file a religious exemption, you are saying it is a moral conviction of my religion that i cannot take this product for this reason mm-hmm. at that point it seems to me that you are morally obligated to forego all of the other products that that have the same property yeah right that you yeah. would you know at, at that point um if you're going to take a public vow that this is a moral conviction i don't know how you justify merely exempting yourself from the COVID vaccine, for instance, and not all of these other medications that were developed with or tested on right. um, the, the aborted cell, stem cell lines. And that's, that's um, I, I think, something that Christians should think about, especially because everything has gotten so uh, polarized and politicized. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I think there, there are very justifiable reasons for hesitancy or reluctance or obstinance in not taking this vaccine. But as Christians, we have ethical obligations to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and, and in the same way that you know, we have these discussions among pastors about opting out of Social Security and whether you have sincerely held religious reasons for doing that, that this, this can't just be taking advantage of loopholes. Mm-hmm. That, that and, 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 and again, it's going to depend on your circumstance. If your employer says, hey, listen, I, I, this doesn't mean anything to me, but if you sign this form, I'm going to give you an exemption. He knows what you mean. You know what you mean. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to evaluate the, 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 what is being communicated when you file for this. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we should do this lightly, particularly in circumstances in which um, it, is, it is being treated as a kind of a formal, formal statement of your religious beliefs. That's quite an interesting point because we're taking a stand saying, 
you know, uh, you know, God tells me not to do this. But then, like, you gave quite a list of uh, all kinds of medical or substances that are used that have been tested in some way with these strains, these fetal cell strains, and including, at the end of the list, you put hydro- hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. Yeah. Which, yeah, and it is, I mean, when, when you look at the list of things that have been tested on it, and again, with all the caveats about, you know, when the testing is done, again, yeah. I get that counter argument. Um, but, but the point is, it, it appears to me, and, and as, as best I can determine from the research that I've done, the testing on this stem cell line is, is almost universal. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of uh, trying to ascertain how this medication is going to react on, on human cells. Yeah. And, and, and because of that, if you say, as an issue of conscience, I can't take this vaccine because it was tested on these, on these uh, stem cell lines, mm-hmm. as a matter of consistency, <laughs> if you swear that as kind of a public oath, mm-hmm. it seems to me that you're morally obligated to avoid anything else right. um, that, is, that is tested uh, right. similarly on that. Right. I, th- I think if, if we were in a situation where they were deliberately, uh, you know, aborting babies for the purpose of using that yes. tissue, that would be horrific. I mean, that would, you know, we'd rebel at the very notion. Yes. And, and, uh, and now what we've got in the labs, this is just tissue that's existed now for 30, 40 years, 50 years, maybe. And, it's it's not even the same tissue anymore. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 replicated cells, um, and and we we understand that not all cells are human. Not all human cells are human life, right? right. Um, right. You know, if you if you scrape my skin cells and replicate the skin cells, you're not cloning me, right? But there is a difference between the replication of human cells and and. You know, essentially, you know, cloning yeah. humans. That's yeah. that's not what we're that's that's not what's involved here. Right. Um. And 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 again, this isn't a, a blank check on the other side. Um, right. We I, we do need to recognize that first again emphatically the moral horror and outrage of the origin of this. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to say that unequivocally. Um. That 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 was wrong. Yeah. The question <laughs> is that wrong having been committed. Um, am I morally guilty if I benefit from it? Right. A, a verse that comes to mind is uh, where Joseph says, uh, you intended it for evil, but uh, God intended it for good. I'm paraphrasing, but, you know. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, I mean, that's a, uh, certainly the, the uh, sin of Joseph's brothers. We, we see very clearly it's um, uh, fulfilling God's ordained purpose in the preservation of the, the chosen people. Um, it's, it's, a um, I, I want to be maybe a little cautious here because the development of medication, while we recognize it as a good, isn't in the same like redemptive historical arc as the the preservation of, of like, I can't, I can't make that sort of one for one (laughs) claim. Um, but at the same time, again, as we consider our lives in, in various ways, there are going to be elements uh, that we have benefited from other people's sin. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I think once we recognize that even when we recognize that I have received benefit from someone else's sin, and that doesn't morally 
um, uh, uh, make me culpable for that sin. Mm -hmm. that I don't need to repent of someone else's sin, even though I've benefited from it. Mm -hmm. uh, particularly the more indirect it goes. Yes. Right. Like, yeah. like you know, again, if it's if it's very direct, you know, this situation comes up uh, not not often, but from time to time, you'll hear a story of uh, a, a church where someone comes and says, Pastor, uh, I I, uh, I went to, to Vegas last week and I'm tithing on my winnings. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. And, and I think there is a there is a reasonable position as a pastor where I say, you know, listen, I don't I don't want that money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, if we find out that the you know donation that helped build our building forty years ago was was made from you know whatever you know the, yeah. there was a, a, a the liquor trade, yeah. do I have to raise my building? Yeah. Um. Because it, it it turns out that that was the case. You know, can I still meet in my building in good time? Well, I think I can. Right. Mm. And that's th these are the things that we have to wrestle with. I'm I my 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 point is. I don't think they're simple because we do have to full-throatedly condemn the original evil while wrestling with the reality that I will, in many cases, in different ways, benefit from that evil. Right, right. And, and, just, and, and if ahead. we try to be utterly consistent on this, we're not going to be able to. And so I want to, I want to avoid swearing oaths right. to, to the effect that it's a moral principle that I cannot benefit from this. Um, even as uh, we show, uh, I, I think, deference to our brothers and sisters in Christ who have different um, positions of conscience on these matters. Yes, I, th I think that's true. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I, on the Vegas illustration, I'd say, well, <clears throat> if you give 100% as your tithe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> now, now we're getting into Catholic penance. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right. So, uh Boy, okay, so let me just see here. Was there anything that you, any, like, we've sort of gone quite around the article a good deal. Is there anything that you had to leave out just for space reasons that you would have liked to add? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was something I had to leave out, but but again, I, I think the, the the objection that was raised, that there's a difference between um, a, a medication, just use that term broadly, right. that is developed using um, fetal tissue cells, Versus mm -hmm. one that is um, that, you know, someone in a lab today runs a test on Tums on a fetal tissue cell. You mm -hmm. know, there, there does seem to be I, I, I think yeah. I can concede the point. There's a there's a difference in my moral culpability there. Right. Uh, but my response to that is still going to be we we are undeniably beneficiaries of this accumulated yeah. medical knowledge. Um, right. And it is, it's just really difficult to sort that out. You know, again, yeah. this isn't, this isn't my field of expertise, but my understanding is during World War II, the, the Nazis um, committed m enormous atrocities doing medical research on, yeah. on people in concentration camps. Yeah. I want to condemn that, those atrocities as, as uh, unequivocal moral evils. Mm -hmm. To what degree am I culpable in those evils if if there are treatments or surgeries or whatever that 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 depend on the knowledge that was gained there? And and yeah. I want to say I, I'm not morally culpable for that. Yeah. Yeah, in a way the knowledge itself is is uh yeah, I wonder I mean, is there is there an ethical value to knowledge? I'm not quite sure. That might be a question for a whole another 
Yeah, I, I can I can condemn how the knowledge was gained. Yeah. While not condemning that the knowledge itself is in as much as it's true is is good. Yeah. Um that doesn't justify how it was gained. No, exactly. Um, it, but but it it also means that the use of that knowledge going forward I don't think is necessarily a, a moral evil in the same yeah. way that its acquisition was. Yeah, exactly. All right, well let's just see here um uh, all right so the uh with the use of these fetal uh or with these cell strains i mean are, are i think that i seem to recall that there was some kind of a, a ban put on human uh fetal cell research or something i don't yeah, know if that's my, still my, in place i i don't know if it's still in place or not as well and and i i should probably go look that up um i believe it was under the um with President Bush, second, the second so. President Bush, yeah. and and my understanding is that was a ban on, um, uh, uh, basically harvesting new stem cells, right? right. In other words, the development of new uh, stem cell lines, right? Um, right. um, I, I, so it 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 certainly didn't put a stop to the continued use of the tissue lines that already existed. Right. Uh, I believe that's the case, but I, I, I wouldn't want anyone to take my word for that because I'm, I'm yeah. just coming, recalling that off the top of my head. Right. Yeah, me too. I, I think, though, that we could say that from a Christian standpoint, we would oppose. Uh, we, I don't think we'd be opposed if, if a, a baby died tragically for some reason. Uh, and 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 the and the parents decided to donate the, yes. the you know, to science that we wouldn't be opposed to that. I would take an organ transplant from a murder victim. I don't want to take an organ transplant from someone who's killed by the doctor to give me the, the, yeah. the organ transplant. Yeah, there's, exactly. a, there's a huge difference in the, yeah. the moral culpability there. Yeah, and that, that, you mentioned that about Canada earlier. Like, uh, I think, uh, let's see, the way you put it in the article, I, these are my notes. If a heart transplant comes from a murder victim, would the recipient be culpable? And the next question, if a heart transplant occurs in a hospital, which practices doctor-assisted euthanasia, would a recipient be culpable? Well, in Canada, every hospital practices. Yeah. I mean, we can't go to the hospital if that's yeah, I, I, So I'd, I'd want to be a little more specific than that, right? Like if, yeah. if you know that going to the hospital, it's likely that you're going to get a heart from someone who was killed in the other wing of the hospital and they're going to bring it over to you. Yeah, I, I think I want to know that. Yeah. Um, or, 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 or at the, the very least, if I think that, that that's likely uh, that has to factor into my moral calculus in, in yeah. receiving that heart yeah exactly well it's it's a very and in i think i would we're way down the road in this country <laughs> compared yeah. to where you guys are on I some mean, of these ethical questions like it's uh i hope we get rid of our current government but it's sure. uh, it's uh it's pretty bad yes all right uh let's see what else i had one other thing here okay so you mentioned the political, like this, the polarization of the COVID issue. And it's also, it's almost, you know, we have such a polarized political environment. I, I just wonder, is there a way for us to defuse the polarization, at least amongst Christians? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think one of the, the factors, it, medicine, and, and I, 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 I understand the naivete and what I'm about to say, or the seeming naivete. Medicine 
shouldn't be political. Yeah. Right. Now, it unavoidably, unfortunately, increasingly, it is on a yeah. host of issues. Yeah. Um, whether whether it be COVID, transgenderism, you know, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and and the and the list goes on. But as as Christians, um, while we recognize that the debate that surrounds these issues is in our day unavoidably political, we should resist the um the strong push that we we reach medical conclusions almost entirely on the basis of our political pre-commitments. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the question of the efficacy of the COVID vaccine and, and that, I mean, the, tr I, I don't, I don't want to minimize the challenge here, right. Mm -hmm. As a non-specialist in these, in these, in, in mm -hmm. medicine, right. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm not a specialist in medicine. I have to rely on the expertise of others. Yeah. And, and one of the problems that we face is, you know, the internet hasn't just made it so that uh, information is available. The internet has made it so that you can find support for anything you want to believe. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. When, when my, uh, when somebody brought, was debating my wife about one point on this and she said, well, I could bet I could find on the internet that COVID was started by space aliens. And sure enough, she, she did. Sure. And, yeah. and and that's the, the reality is we we um, very often start with our conclusions, yeah. and and we evaluate the credibility of any expert on the basis of whether he agrees with our our preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. And um, it, it's difficult. I don't I don't want to minimize the danger. And I think um, you know Dr. Snowberger's article um, mm -hmm. in the in the the same issue um, highlights the 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 problem is. Um, you know, we 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 know that we live in a world, and I'll use that term kind of in a biblical sense, that has an agenda, mm -hmm. right? And yeah. and and that very suspicion makes us inclines us as conservative Christians to be suspicious of of that agenda. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I I don't I don't want to again I don't want to minimize that. That's that's a true thing, um, but at the same time whether covid works or whether covid or i'm sorry whether the covid vaccines work whether they don't work whether covid's real whether it's not real those are we shouldn't uh predecide those questions based on our political loyalties yeah, yeah. um and and that's you know i i'm i'm not going to uh resolve all these things but but it's true on both it's certainly true on both sides right now yeah. is is if i know which way you voted in the last election i probably also know what you think of the efficacy of the covid vaccine yeah. and that's really weird if we apply it to any other thing in medicine right mm -hmm. if, if i if i knew which way you voted in the last election and and, and that would let me know whether uh, i think or whether you think chemotherapy works as a cancer treatment yeah. that's weird like, yeah. that, that would be really weird um and and the fact that these are all tangled up, I think, muddles issues that are really important. Yeah. Um, and, and again, that's not I, I I'm not saying this to take one side or the other. It's it's just to say those should be for the Christian. We should labor to keep those at some degree separate in our minds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that when I go when I go looking for data on this, I'm not merely looking. I'm not merely looking to reinforce my own conclusions. Right. And I, I think part of what you're saying is we shouldn't make a religion out of our medical opinions. So. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's really where I try to land the article is, 
Um, because these issues are difficult, I think we do need to give space to our brothers and sisters in Christ on this. Mm -hmm. That, that again, if someone in my church says, Pastor, I, I just can't in good conscience do this. Um, you know, I've, I've done the research. You know, there is this tie to aborted uh, fetal tissue cells. And I say, you know what? I get it. Right? I get mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there's space for you here. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I don't want that person um, uh, accusing someone who's taken the vaccine of, you know, being a baby killer. Yeah. Um, is, is there needs, there needs to be, um, a recognition on both sides that, that there are, I, I think, uh, degrees of conscience on this, mm -hmm. um, be, because, because the issue of degrees of culpability is, is always going to be difficult and different people's consciences are going to be tuned in different ways in this, yeah. um, yeah. that, that, that for me is the big takeaway. It's not, yeah. Hey, everyone could go take this vaccine. That's not the claim of the article. No, um, no, no, yeah. It, it it it's a claim that these are difficult issues, and mm -hmm. and if but if you're going to to say emphatically, Christians must reject anything with these ties, I do think you're going to have a hard time being consistent there. Yeah, yeah, I think that's um, true, and that's something <laughs> you've got to reckon with if you're gonna if you're gonna take that position as a moral conviction. Well, that that's just incredibly fascinating. I uh, I really thank you for writing the article. And I encourage our listeners and viewers to to read it and subscribe to Frontline. Uh, but I really I think we could go on and on about this. It is really our 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 society is fraught with ethical dilemmas because of the wickedness of our society. Yes. And as a Christian, to navigate that is it's like a you know the proverbial cat in the hot tin roof, right? It's it's very difficult. So so I, I appreciate your you're uh, you're taking the time to write this and and being so uh, working so hard on it. I appreciate it very much. Uh, any last thoughts you'd like to add before we wrap this up? Well, that's I, I mean that's that would be the, the the main thing is is as we as you talk about living in this era and the, the difficulties and complexities of it, we need to simultaneously be rigorously committed to Christian principles and gracious with one another absolutely yeah. and 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 we tend to choose one and yeah. we need to choose both yeah absolutely yes well praise the lord uh, thank you very much for for this mike and and we'll uh, uh we'll look forward to more coming from you someday uh in the future thank well you. there you have it our thanks to pastor mike riley for his uh discussion of this topic i hope that you found it stimulating uh found it interesting and that uh, it is something that at least uh, stirs your thinking about any choices you might have in this area going forward. Uh, this is Don Johnson for the Proclaim and Defend podcast. I encourage you to uh, subscribe either monthly, $5 a month. You'll get the article immediately that uh, con is connected to this uh, uh, to this interview. And uh, if you'll subscribe for the annual subscription, you'll get all of the interviews going forward. The podcast is always free, but the articles are behind the paywall. Uh, and if you subscribe annually, we'll also include a subscription to the print magazine itself. Uh, thank you for watching or listening, and uh, we're signing off now for the Proclaim and Defend podcast.